I recently heard an interview with Steve Albini reminiscing about what he'd listened to on tour in the van, sitting around in the van, flipping channels on the radio. And he made this point that if a song came on the radio and it started with cowbell, it was going to rock. Now, like most of his opinions on music, he's fucking right. Oh, Mountain, Mississippi Queen. I love Mountain. Are you guys talking about Mountain? Yeah, it's the only good thing about Mississippi is this song. And it's so good. I remember driving all the way to Marina Del Rey to see a dirt rock band that JD was raving about that was playing in a local bar. Playa Del Rey. Playa Del Rey? Yeah. All right. Well, I drove all the way there, um, got to the bar. Not only did this band not play Mountain, but JD uh, met up so with some young lady and left. And I'm there by myself in Marina Del Rey with a band that had no intention of ever playing Mountain. JD, you promised me a Mountain album. I saw them before. I, I, well, I saw them before they played Mountain. Yeah, well, no Mountain. And then you did not buy me the Mountain album that you promised me. Here it is 13 years later. I still don't have an album by Mountain. Well, I bought the album. I just kept it myself because Mountain's so good. You guys are kind of talking about Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a good, it's a good fucking song, and it starts with a cowbell, and it rocks. Hey, you guys know who the king of Mississippi is? Elvis fucking Presley. Does he ever use cowbell in this song? No, well, that's the drawback. Well, today we're going to listen to songs not only that start with cowbell like this one, but have cowbell throughout, ladies and gentlemen. This is clunk rock. Welcome to the Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast. This is a podcast where we make arbitrary genres, we swim around in them for a while, and then we count them down from 10 to 1. And because we're the guys who gave you... Oh, wait, let's introduce ourselves first. Duh, seems like I'd be good at this by now. No. I'm J.D. Riznar. Hollywood Steve, what, do you, what does your voice sound like? My voice sounds like this. Sounds sometimes I kind of sound a little bit like you, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> and Dave, what does your voice sound like? Uh, I sound like this. I tend to get a little lower. Okay, cool. Hunter, how about you? Hi! Kind of spastic. Hey, guys! Hyperactive a little bit. Let's talk about Mountain. Wait, no, we did that. Um, Let's talk about jazz. You know us as the guys who gave you the internet show Yacht Rock. We're also, we know more about Yacht Rock... We know the second most about Yacht Rock than anybody in the Tampa Bay metropolitan area. Uh, and so we start every episode with a Yacht go. Rock bone throw. Now, Hunter, what are we listening to right now? Uh, this, is, uh, this is a nice uh, jazz musician known as uh, Victor Feldman. This is Down in Cancun. And you, you listen to this song at first and you're like, this is just dumb piano jazz. And But then it takes this crazy Yacht Rock turn. It's, it's borderline we'll doobies. We'll get there. This is from 19... Uh, well... It was. I thought it was from 1982. I found out that he made this in 1978 uh, for a Japanese electronics company. <laughs> uh, Here it comes. Oh, no. No, this... not yet. Not yet. But a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. It's getting into yeah. it. It's getting into it. So, tease. I was a jerk a little while ago saying I was going to do some heavy lifting to try to connect some people. And this is my heavy lifting. Uh, this is the genius of Victor Feldman. Here's the thing about Victor Feldman. I'm going to try to get this. He's a boy wonder. He's a prodigy as a kid. Oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Let's listen to it. Goes full doobie. Oh yeah, there it is. Fresh. God, that's good. I can taste the barnacles. 
Yeah, he nails it. So, oh, the, oh, the, the flute. Can't, oh. I can't wait to see the TV show that this introduces. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the thing about this guy, so this guy, he, his name kept coming up when I'm looking for stuff, looking for stuff, looking at uh, liner notes and stuff. And I keep seeing this name, and it didn't stick to me until I started really getting deep. And his, uh, his, uh, his name kept coming up. Anyways, what, come to find out, <clears throat> and uh, we can talk about this guy later, but uh, just quickly. He was kind of a mentor to Steely Dan. Uh, he was the only person besides Becker and Fagan to appear on every Steely Dan until his uh, album, until his death. That's incredible. That's an incredible fun fact. Yeah, Donald Fagan said of Victor, "The evidence of his great talent and elegant style is apparent on every recording we did together. His inventiveness could make a humdrum date into a classic." Uh, let's see. Say he said. During breaks, I used to bug him to show me his brilliant chord voicings and other t points of technique, and unlike some of the other players, he would cheerfully oblige. He was really generous in sharing his knowledge, and it's that knowledge I'm starting to believe that this guy gave Yacht Rock its Yacht Rocky sound. This hey, was the guy. Have you heard more music from him? Does he go into Doobie Bounces and other of his piano jazz Yeah, I just... Songs? There's a, he's got a... It's like an onion. I'm peeling back layers. Just today I found out he had a band called Generations um, that I think was more specific to the Yacht Rock era. He, he even had an album in 1986 called Smooth. Um, but here's some of the here's some of the yacht rockers that he's played with. He played with uh, Steely Dan, obviously Seals and Crofts, Paco, Paco, Poco, Poco, the Doobie it's, Brothers, uh, Messina's early band uh, from Sausalito, the Doobie Brothers, Michael Amardian, Carly Simon, Stephen Bishop, Loggins and Messina, Boz Skaggs, Terrence Boylan, Buna. We talked about him. Nicolette Larson, Pages, Christopher Cross, Pablo Cruz, Al Jarreau, and. Gino Vanelli, he yeah. was on both of his albums. Hunter, that is a list of people. <laughs> and you Great. Left, and you left off the one I was excited for. And going back to uh, Beyond Yacht Rock 2 here, he played with uh, Chuck Mangione. Actually, Chuck Mangione played with him uh, on his albums. I knew there was a connection to Chuck Mangione. Yeah, and there it is. And uh, yeah, he goes full doobie on this song. He's a great guy. They, they uh, As I said earlier, his... They describe his uh, his brilliant chord voicings. I like that. I like that they call a recording you know session what that means? a date. I do not, and I wrote here specifically. <laughs> I'm too dumb to know what that means. Oh, okay, yeah. But I think I'm starting to believe that that's where the yacht rock sound came from. from it's brilliant chord voicings. Yeah. that's our it's our eureka moment. Anybody who knows anything about music, please tell us what brilliant it's, chord. It's, voicings. it's the notes that you play in the chord versus the notes that you leave out. Like you can play certain notes in the harmonies of the chord, but you might leave those out and put a different like octave in or whatever. You know, Steve, hey, thanks for giving a voice to brilliant so, chord voices. So, Steve, this would give you a, a distinct sound because that's all the stuff I read about Victor Feldman. That was the thing that they everybody said about him was his unique chord voicings. Yeah, you can evoke certain harmonies without playing certain notes, but playing others, I guess. And so, it's way not to describe the it? it's not the notes you don't play; it's the notes you do play. <laughs> it's both. Hey, you and, guys, oh, go! I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I just want to say, he he also. Was one of the first guys to start using the synth keyboard. Ooh, which wow. a pioneer of synthesizer in, in jazz and sort of pop. And so he was right up there with old Giorgio Moroder. Well, hey. he was doing it. He wasn't doing it in a sort of a jazzy way. He was kind of putting it into a disco way. But this guy was integrating it into that into that what would be a Steely Dan sound, or would be a Doobie sound. Do I hear cowbell in here? Or am I am I crazy? 
Might be a little cowbell in there. Might be a little bit. I hope these detectives solve their crime. <laughs> Anyways, Dave, that's Victor Feldman. Dave, great shout out to Sausalito a few minutes ago. Hey, thanks, man. Here's some cowbell. Holy shit, there's some cowbell. Yeah, let's get into it, guys. So, after Steve tortured us with hard organ yeah. back on episode 7. That was a eight. Eight, episode 8. 8. Uh, well, I realized that we can focus on a single instrument that shapes a genre. Uh, more importantly, I realized that we have the ability to use our powers for good instead of evil. Uh, but I'm a great villain, though. Yeah, yeah, you really are. Yeah. Well, we have the ability to put together a list of great listenable songs and uh, not you're weak. You're weak. And not <laughs> slog through the wallows of obscurity in an attempt to be solely introductory in our horrid song choices. Yeah, but I gotta show off that I know more. Well, we we know, Steve. <laughs> and that well, what I've tried to do is put together a really rockin' playlist. Now, I want to be clear, this isn't just songs with cowbell. Clunk rock songs is what we're calling them. They're complete cowbell. Take this one, for example. It's a Rolling Stones honky-tonk woman. The cowbell transcends the standard percussion instrument. It defines the fucking song, guys. From the get-go, it says, Hey, I'm a kick-ass song. Listen how fucking rad I am. Yeah, look how fucking rad my cowbell is. Like, you're, if you're in the middle of a pretty standard awesome rock song, like, calling attention to the cowbell is about the most punk rock thing you can do. It elevates a song to something new, and it breaks the norms set by the man who said, You can start a song with cowbell, but lay off it after that. And to me... Punk rock is all about keeping that cowbell going. Yeah, you always you think of Mississippi Queen as the a definitive cowbell song, but it's kind of only in the intro. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that they re-recorded this song five months later, took out the cowbell, and it turned into a country song. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. saying. Think about it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, elephant in the room. I want to address the elephant in the room. The Saturday Night Live sketch, more cowbell. Everyone knows that Will Ferrell plays cowbell and Boyster called as uh, Chris Watkins, Bruce Dickinson looks on. And he wants more cowbell. More cowbell, more cowbell. We've all seen it. Yeah. We've all seen it. It's, yeah. br it's a brilliant sketch, and this is really, a f it's the funniest song you could pick, I think, yeah. for that sketch. Well, it's not a proper example of the cowbell we're going to hear. There's just a little bit of it playing in the background. And I have a problem with it. I don't think it's a cowbell. What? It might be a woodblock. Say block. what? Let's I listen. Think it's, I think it's a woodblock. Let's listen. Next you're going to tell me it wasn't even Bruce Dickinson. It actually wasn't. Oh. Well, it's not about that. We're trying to listen to the cowbell here. And you can see it's kind of dull. It doesn't have yeah. that nice clunk. Yeah. It's not up in the forefront, which is why the producer wanted more of it in the sketch, I assume. Right. Now, I got a couple points of why I don't think it's cowbell. Dave, you're about to blow some uh, shit out of the water here. Yeah, you're about to this is conspiracy the theory off. type stuff here. All right, point one. Buck Dharma, Eric Bloom, and Albert Bouchard, they all claim to have played cowbell on the original recording. Why wouldn't you remember playing cowbell on this? Mm -hmm. You know, like, maybe, maybe they were high. I think it sounds like bullshit. They're all trying mm -hmm. to take credit for it. Yeah, Especially well, yeah, now, after the sketch came now, out. They all oh, that was me. That was me. Okay. I was the real guy. Point two. Albert Bouchard created this elaborate backstory to describe the sound. He said, uh, hey, this song needs a cowbell when they were recording it. He went out, got a cowbell, came back with it. The cowbell didn't sound right, so he decided to tape it off with gaff tape. Cowbell still didn't sound right. So then he said, so I decided to play it with a timpani mallet, and that uh, sort of uh, got the sound we wanted. 
I think that's an yeah. apocryphal backstory to justify, hey, more cowbell. Tell I, us about the cowbell. I don't know a lot about music, but I can. this is not a timpani mallet on a taped-up cowbell. This is a, a hard uh, stick on a wood block. Yeah. Yeah, my point three, it sounds like a fucking wood block. Yeah. That's a good point. Oh, man. All right. My biggest point, point four, back in 1999, I went to see him at uh, Pine Knob in Clarkston, Michigan. You know what they used? A fucking wood block. Whoa. Yeah. I think I was there. Yeah. Dave, you're lifting the veil from my eyes. Yeah. But the songs we're going to listen to today are going full cowbell, and they're well, awesome. I got another point. Oh, Hunter has another point to make. I don't think... I don't think these Blue Oyster guys have even been to the Blue Oyster. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, timing. Perfect. Blue Oyster from... Um, Police, Police Academy. Academy movies. More cowbell than Blue Oyster Cult has. Yeah. These guys Man, knew how to use it. You guys are right. Cowbell. As somebody who's never seen the Police Academy movies, I'm shocked that there is more cowbell in this Blue Oyster song than in the, the more famous Blue Oyster song. I'm shocked that you haven't seen the Police Academy yeah, movies. You know, you know there are unreasonable gaps in my movie viewing experience. I'm shocked that no one's dancing with me. Well, before we get into the cowbell clunk rock countdown today, uh, we have a fun game we're playing. Uh, we, we had these countdown bumpers sent in by these guys, Michael Salvage and Noah Kravitz, uh, and... Uh, they built a game within these bumpers, so they call this game Bumper Boats. Each bumper starts with the word number, taken from Ricky Don't Lose That Number, and the countdown numbers are each pulled from a different Yacht Rock or Yacht Rock associated song. Some are really easy, but some are some real wild cards. Uh, real stumpers in here. So the game, you guys, the audience, have to figure out which number is from which song. Email your answers to beyondyachtrock at gmail.com, and the first one to get them all right gets a phone call from us, and we'll talk about Yacht Rock with you for a little while. You, and, you, you and, really think people want to talk to us about, like, a, want to get a phone call from us? About you guys Yacht don't Rock? even want to talk to me. I know I don't, but <laughs> this is so hard. If anybody does the research and work it takes to win this game, they're the kind of people who want to talk to us. Okay. Well, I'll take it one step farther. If they're local or can get here, I'll take them out for a beer in any bar in Highland Park. Awesome. And if Michael... There are multiple bars in Highland Park. Yeah. You can choose. If Michael and Noah stump people for two weeks, they can have a phone call with us. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's going to be great. Is it going to be fun for them? The winner's going to love it. a phone call with us? Um, this is a hard game. Uh, the casual listener is not going to win this contest at all. So you have to have a desire in order to win it. Um, let's get into this countdown. Yeah. Listen. So listen close. Listen close, everyone. Not to this. Here we go. Here's the first bumper. Ready? Here we go. I think I knew that one. Oh, holy fuck. We're off to a smooth start here, fellas. This is South African-born Hugh Mescala on the Masa first... Kayla, Masa Kayla, thank you. Uh, Sammy we... Hagar is Hugh M M Mescala. Yeah, I should have... So shake a little, little lamb! Sorry, go ahead. Really should have... Uh... Yeah! 
done some more research. You should, you should have consulted the Wikipedia pronunciation guide like I did with Vangelis, yeah. who I thought was Vangelis. Yeah, good point. Let's. Uh, anyway, please continue. Can we, can we move on from uh, my... Hey, you guys want to talk about Victor Feldman some more? No! Oh, okay. God! Move! Ah, oh, Jesus. Recording of... The song's called Grazing the Grass. Smash hit number one, 1968. Now, this one was, like, right at home in my parents' collection next to Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass and Julius Wechter and the Baja Marimba Band. <laughs> you know why this one stands out from those? <laughs> the fucking cowbell. Yeah, no marimba. Uh, let me remind you guys what uh, grazing the grass implies. It's an instrumental. There's no vocals to guide you, so, uh, you know, the title indicates the most important impression the song is supposed to leave the listener. And what grazes in the grass? Cows. Mm. This song mm -hmm. is all about mm -hmm. cowbell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People said it was about weed. Nope. Nope. Cows. It wasn't about weed until somebody recorded uh, a lyric version later. The Friends of Distinction. Oh, uh, yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah. It yeah, is it's, it's, a, it's a fun vocal version, I think. It is, but they, they, you know, they sing grazing in the grass is a gas, baby, can't you dig it? And it's funny because the implication is it's fun to be outside, but what the activity of grazing in the grass is, it's eating grass all day long. So these people are singing a song about how awesome it is to eat a bunch of grass in a field. Oh, but if, if it's a gas, it's like they're breathing in the gas, which is the weed smoke. That's or, my theory. I don't think it's about weed. I think it's about eating grass. Or cows have four stomachs, right? It could be about their grass. Yeah, cows release a lot of methane. Lot of it methane. could be about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nailed it. I, well, I like... Oh, hold on, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to play them all again at the end. So yeah. You can... Okay. Oh, really, another really. song about cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. You know, this is a uh, lowrider by War, and this song does for Cowbell what uh, this song also does for the lowrider car culture. It takes a cool object such as cowbells or lowriders and introduces it as a lifestyle. So this is a Cowbell lifestyle song, is what you're saying? Yes, that is what I'm saying. A War said they wanted to spread uh, the message of brotherhood and harmony using their instruments. Think about it. <laughs> Well, I get it, because you listen, and like the cowbell in this song is a part of a choir of odd percussion instruments played throughout, but you, the cowbell sticks out like the booger out of the nose of a fingerless man. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, it went deep there. Fun fact. <laughs> fun fact, every original member of War has left the band, except for Leroy and Lonnie Johnson, who still tours with some other guys, some new guys. Good under old the Lonnie. Name, yeah, under the name War. Four of the members left war, got together to form a new group called the Lowrider Band, and lead singer Eric Burden left war to start a solo career. You go see any of these bands now? They play a lot of songs by war. I feel like if you saw Eric Burden now, he'd probably play a bunch more animal songs. Yeah. His, his, uh, his war material wasn't as... Spill the wine Spill would be... The wine. Spill, yeah, it's about... He, he'll play that. About was he, uh, yeah. Why Can't We Be Friends? Was he on that one? No. No. Oh. He was only with him for like one album or... Yeah. Eric Burden and War, so, I think they Not very long. Yeah. Tobacco Road. Maybe play that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the cowbell's so prominent in this song, I wonder if it's about... Uh, it's not about a car, but it's actually about a, a, a cow with real short legs that you can ride around. 
Oh, like a like a a bovine uh, kind called, of pony. It's yeah, called, like, uh, it's called a Dexter, guys. I looked it up. It's a type of mini cow. Uh, we're oh. all doing research. I, I I like that there's enough cowbell in this song where you can like conceivably hear it as a cow walking through a field, like grooving along with the funk. Yeah, and that makes for great clunk rock. Okay. Oh, we're all doing research on this one. Alright, zip it. This is a really good one from our home state of Michigan. Yeah! This is uh, Rock and Roll by Mitch Ryder in Detroit. Not, a, not the Detroit Wheels, No, Dave? I didn't know it's that Mitch there Ryder was a in difference. Detroit. No, they're, uh, they're covering the Velvet Underground's rock and roll. No one ever accused the Velvet Underground of rocking all that hard. That's true. And even though I couldn't find a lot of references, or actually a single reference to anyone saying that about Mitch Ryder, I'm going to say it about this song. Fuck. This is rocking so hard. This actually rocks harder than the original version of rock and roll, like way harder. Oh, yeah. I'm very impressed with it. You know why, Steve? Why? The cowbell. Holy shit, you're right. You know, this is the first song on the countdown that doesn't 100% commit to cowbell throughout. You know, this happens a lot in clunk rock. Usually the cowbell takes a little bit of a break, you know, in the chorus or a guitar solo so it doesn't upstage anyone. Uh, the cowbell stays pretty strong in this song until about three minutes in. Uh, see, I thought we'd be done talking by three minutes and it wouldn't come up, so you kind of blew my cover. Well... See, I, I feel I, I feel like it's good for you to draw these distinctions because, you know, it, 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 this, this genre is about consistent cowbell, and we're more used to the cowbell as a herald of something awesome, you know? And it certainly is here because this song ho totally fucking rocks. Uh, but you know when things get this rockin' and awesome, it's easy to lose track of the cowbell because it's already performed the function that we expect of the cowbell. Yeah, it gets into your subconscious a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and a disclaimer for anybody deaf in the right ear listening, this cowbell's mixed only in the right channel. So if you're listening and you're confused, why is this on the cowbell countdown? Flip your headphones around, listen to it in the left ear, and then you're gonna see exactly what we're yeah. talking about. It's You'll badass. Ah. Yeah, listen to that. Yeah. That's some clunking right there. Yeah, you don't normally hear Mitch Mitchell as the standout on a song, but here on the Jimi Hendrix Experience is Stone Free. He's fucking bringing it. What is that it, you ask? It's the goddamn cowbell. Listen to it for a second. It's powerful. They actually mix the cowbell higher, the, louder than the vocals in this song, which... And even though the cowbell again takes a break in this song, they've mixed it so well when it's there, it haunts you. It's like somebody takes a big fart in the room and leaves. Yeah, you kind of still there. You kind of miss it. Like Except after they it's stop, better than that. After they stop, it's like, hey, what, what happened to the cowbell? Yeah, it's not going on now. Yeah. And I wish it was there. Yeah, it'll come back. I remember it like an old friend. There was a heavy there dose is. of it though before before we got into the yeah, chorus. And it's back. I got a question. Yeah. So Jimmy Hendrix is an awesome guitarist. Mm -hmm. What should we call uh, cowbell players? 
Clunkists? Clunkists? Clunkists. Yeah, that's great. I was yeah. thinking clunkers. No? Clunkers. Anybody know the name of the clunkist on this song, Steve? Harry. Mitch okay. Mitchell. Clunkist. Oh, Mitch, Mitch Mitchell. Mitchell yeah. Oh, he's the, is he the drummer? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure that he played it, though? Did we look into this? Are you sure they didn't bring in a... I don't, I don't know, know if there are any apocryphal expert? stories. No, at, at, this point, at this point, they didn't, uh, they didn't have a lot of studio musicians. In fact, this was the second song they ever recorded. And first, uh, the, they had written as the Jimi Hendrix Experience. It was a B-side for uh, the Bob Dylan cover, Hey Joe. And it's rumored that uh, Jimi Hendrix went off and crapped it out in an hour. So, this, so the cowbell maybe is like they're kind of hedging their bets, or like, like, oh, we just crapped out this song in an hour. Oh, Jimmy hasn't. Jimmy's not that used to singing yet, e- even because he never sang before. Mm-hmm. He formed his own band very much. And so, so this is like, this is like, oh shit, we don't know how this piece of meat that we cooked turned out. Let's throw some more truffles on top, and hopefully nobody will notice. Truffles That's on what the top. cowbell. It's the cowbell is the truffle of the music world. Truffles on top of meat. What kind of fancy trough are you taking your meals in, Hollywood? I saw I saw a picture on Instagram of a bunch of truffles on top of a steak, and I was like, oh man, I uh, wonder Steve, what that tastes like. Steve and I have a really fancy <laughs> dinner once a week. He told me not to tell you guys about it. Oh, you did okay. good, Dave. Yeah, yes. Here's one for good old Hunter. Yeah. Flint, Michigan's own Grand Funk Railroad. And then thus, the... Arena Rock is born. Yeah. From Flint, Michigan. This Welcome, is, uh, world. This is where an American band, this song went all the way to number one, became the top-selling record in the world as of 1973, and I'm pretty sure it still is. Here it is. Uh, so good. Yeah. I feel like they have two cowbells going, and they they get a little out of sync sometimes. It's a very it's kind of so sloppy. They're, I like they're it. doubling like, up on the cowbell though. It's, it's like yeah. white people yeah. white people clapping in the audience. It's just yeah. a little sloth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh god. Okay. According to legend, Humble Pie and Grand Funk Railroad were hanging out in a bar. They were on tour together. And uh, they were arguing about music, which is one of my favorite things to do, hang out in a bar and argue about music. Uh, But they were fighting over uh, British rock versus American rock, and Don Brewer shouted out several iconic artists like Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis, Little Richard. And after he made his point about American music being the best, he pointed to his bandmates and shouted, Hey, we're an American band! Yeah! And then they played cowbell for the rest of the night in the bar, and everybody had a good time. Yeah, if you're going to put anybody in their place, it's going to be Humble Pie. Yeah. I'm begging for it with a dipshit name like that. I don't understand why this song is not on everybody's 4th of July playlist, because I don't know if any other song makes me as proud of America as this one. This song is all about how our rock stars are the best at fucking groupies. They should have named the band Grand Fuck Railroad. (laughs) I came up with that joke independently, and then I found out that I was far from the first person to do so. But I'm still very proud of it. Nobody's ever delivered it as well as you just did. Thank you. Thank you very much. You really really nailed it, Steve. And of course, when you're the quintessential American band, you're going to put cowbell in there, because what's more American than a cow with a bell on it so you can keep track of it? Where's the fucking beef? Right here in America. (laughs) Fucking clunking away. You pieces of shit. <laughs> anything, anything else to say about this song, guys? No. I there, this is so a, fucking hard. You want me to tell it, you about the railroad that says Grand Grand Funk on it, the uh, bridge in Flint, Michigan? We'll link to it in the show notes. All right, great. Steve, did you have something? Uh, I I wanted to say like we, we were talking earlier about how the cowbell wants to last through the whole song for this genre, and it drops out a little bit here and there. 
But this is another, this is a, one of the most amazing examples of the cowbell as Herald. A harbinger of the favor of heaven, if you will. And it comes back enough where yeah. I can, I yeah. can it, it. And the song it, rocks so fucking hard enough, I'm willing to make any exception to put this on a list. It and does an not American stop band. kicking ass. Fifty states, fifty podcasts. We're on the bus. We're getting oh, off the bus. Oh, where are we heading? I don't know, Steve. Where are we? Where are you stopping? Steve's at the driver's wheel. Well, guys, uh, I almost used this song as my as my what we miss song on the Ved Ringers episode, but I decided to save it for Fifty States. This is Paw, P A W, one of the first grunge imitators from outside of Seattle. Uh, they had a little bit of like countryish southern rock in their sound, but they're actually from the state of Kansas. Let's listen to that Yarl. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to a better okay. part. Uh, I skipped the band Kansas from the state of Kansas, and also that the Wikipedia article Music of Kansas skipped the band Kansas. Oh, really? Great job, Wikipedia. <laughs> That's, and that's our main resource, uh, re research resource. It's usually the thing that comes up first on Google. God, I wish we could afford a researcher. You know, I, maybe, maybe as far as these states go, we should just go state by state, you know, save up some money and just drive, really get to the bottom of each and every state for I'm, this uh, three minutes per week that we do. <laughs> I bet we have at least one fan in every state. Wow. So we have a place to stay. So we have at least 50 fans. Yeah. So if you're from Kansas, give us a shout-out on Twitter, at Yacht Rock, and we'll uh, retweet you. How I mean, about that? I want to do some more facts about Kansas and also about oh, okay. this song. Uh, this is a dog song, you guys. This oh. is a, The song is called Jesse, and it's about his dog. It's about how when he was a boy, he ran away, and his dog followed him, and he lost his dog. Normally, normally dog songs are real sentimental, like Neil Young's Old King or Elvis Presley's Old Shep. But this is like a super fucking angst-ridden grunge song. Like, he's really upset, and he had to write a super angsty Eddie Vedder-style childhood trauma song about his dog, Jesse. Here comes the country part, which is the pedal steel breakdown in the middle. The Kansas part. The Kansas part. Yeah. The wide open plains. We needed more of this in grunge. It got repetitive. More pedal steel? Yeah, and more country breakdowns. Speaking of country, I'm going to I'm gonna list off some more facts about Kansas. I love lists they include, of people and facts. They Please include, give them to me. Uh, natives of Kansas, born in Kansas, are include country artists Martina McBride and Shelley Wright. Yeehaw. Jazz saxophone greats Coleman Hawkins and Charlie Parker. Skilly bop. Better known for making their names in Kansas City, Missouri, but mm -hmm. born in right. Kansas. Uh, also, some rock and rollers from Kansas include Joe Walsh, right. Melissa Etheridge yeah. from uh, Sex Me Up. And Katrina, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Leskanich from Katrina oh, and yeah. the Waves. She was uh, Katrina. Oh. She was Katrina. Not yeah. the hurricane, but the wave. You know who's not from Kansas? Who's not from the Kansas? The Jayhawks. Wow, the, the country rock band, yeah. the Jayhawks. It turns out they're just fucking with me. Yeah. Well, Jayhawk, that's the University of Kansas's well, mascot. Yeah, and it's also a nickname from a person from Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Let's get back on the All bus. Right. Anybody notice they stole that riff from Helmet? No. Oh, uh, yeah, it kind of did. Fuck! Yeah, this is a good one. There it is. All so, right. so happy to have Guns N' Roses on the, on the yeah, show phone. Same here. And a song about hobo booze. 
Night Train. Most people don't think of these guys as a cowbell heavy band, but it is all over Appetite for Destruction. It is a, it is a top-notch cowbell it album. It really is. You know, Steven Adler didn't have the same chops as Matt Sorum, but Matt didn't play nearly this much cowbell. You look back and tell me which the better albums were. Yeah, this one. You know, Guns N' Roses, they're hard to ca categorize because are they ha hair metal? Are they like heavy metal? And they, this album's so good, it transcends into a new genre, but I think this genre is simply a clunk rock album. Yeah, I would I would fully support that. I mean, Adler is fucking riding that cowbell through. <laughs> you hear that shit? Yeah, quite Something the like clunkest. This is, we, with or without Cowbell, this is the greatest hard rock album of my lifetime. But, would it, you know, it still would have been great without Cowbell, but why do you want to settle for a mere classic landmark status when you can throw Cowbell in and make it the greatest of my lifetime? It just, why would you not want to do that? Yeah, it drives it. it it's, like, it's like the sounds of clomping up the steps into the, the rock and roll heaven. Yeah. If uh, DeBrat were to sample this, she would refer to herself as the OG Clunk Master. <laughs> Good callback, David. Thank you. I just thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, here's how the, the Guns N' Roses, of course, they're reuniting and touring. I feel like the reunion call went down like this: like Slash calls to Axel, like, "Hey, Axel, remember the girls?" And Axel's like, "I don't care." And he's like, "Do you remember the drugs?" And Axel's yeah. like, "Eh." And then he's like, remember the cowbell and night train? And Axel's like, fuck yeah, let's reunite! The cowbell brought them back together, everyone. Yeah. Fuck, this is cool. Number, number <laughs> four? Damn, man. Yeah. Oh, good sounding cowbell on this one, guys. Alright, this is Hair of the Dog uh, by uh, Nazareth. Fun fact, original title, Air of the Dog... I.E. Oh. Son of a Bitch. That's Air H-E-I-R of the mm. dog. It all makes sense now. Dave, yeah. how have I never known this? I don't know. It's on the Wikipedia page. Well, that might be it's the I never thought yeah. so. I think it's the funnest <laughs> fact we've Why? had. Yet. Yeah. I love that. We can actually find a fact that is fun that blows people's minds. Instead of just listing them. Yeah, not yeah. just us uh, trying this to find... Space to fill dead air. When hey, I was this a, is... I'm oh, sorry. sorry. I, I was just going to say, when I was a kid, I thought this was Bob Seger. Because yeah, that's yeah. how much ass it kicks. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is, this but doesn't it kind of sound like Bob Seger? It does. The cowbell doesn't stop in this song either. Like, this yeah. is clunk rock. Now you're messing with the calf of a bull. Woo! Now you're like, messing with the bell on a cow. I mean, I, feel I like could go on and on. Yeah. I feel like this isn't the original studio version. <laughs> how dare you, Steve? How dare you? Dave yanks these out of the ether. He doesn't check them. I also, I so my my other point was going to be that uh, I also just found out two days ago that these guys were Scottish. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That, that freaked me out. Oh, that is weird. And uh, here's the thing about Scotland: lots of cows there. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I thought it was more sheep. Nope, lots of cows, oh, well, cows. including okay. my favorite cow, the Highland cow. Good cow. Oh, that's a great cow. You yeah. can put you can put a cowbell on a sheep too. You whatever could. it takes to keep yeah. track of your still, herd. Still, fun fact. No, you can't. You put it on a sheep. It's still called a cowbell. Oh, this the. Did you get that out of Wikipedia? I just made that up. 
The cowbell is so intense in this song, it gets, goes throughout and you can tell the cowbell player gets a little tired and is off beat a couple times. It's phenomenal. It's yeah. so real and raw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and here comes the uh, the talk box. Yeah, a lot of but when they do this live, they do it with bagpipes. Interesting. Oh, I, I, it's all making sense. Yeah. Fun fact that I made up: they actually put the talk box the, into the the little straw thing into the mouth of a cow. This is a cow mooing through <laughs> a talk box. Moo, moo, moo. Now I want. I'm sorry. I want. I want. Before we move on from number four, I just want to say real quick that. I said to myself, I can't wait to hear Hair of the Dog on this fucking cowbell countdown because I know it's going to be on you said there. said that to all of us, too. But, mm -hmm. I, David, by, by putting this at number four, you may have set the bar unrealistically high for the top three. Uh, I know what I'm doing. Because this is so fucking good. Now you're the Herald. Oh, dude. Oh, holy shit, I'm excited about this one. Ah. This is a Booker T and the MGs with Soul Limbo. And you hear that? You hear that? That's what I call listenable organ. <laughs> Wait, you put this ahead of Hair of the Dog? Yeah, because it fucking rocks. Every, Listen to this, man. Every. I was not aware of this song uh, before, the, uh, before I put together this list. But holy shit, does it rock. And this is like once a day in my living room. I think my wife's getting a little sick of it. It's no accident this is the second instrumental in our clunk rock playlist. Yeah. Like, the best clunk rock understands that the rhythm of the cowbell expresses more in a song than any human voice could ever dream of. Mm -hmm. next, time it, next time it comes up and pauses, just give it a little heat. I think it's right around the corner here. Did we say what this was? Yeah, Soul Limbo, Booker T and the MGs. Okay, good. Couldn't remember. I, okay, I'm gonna, give you, I'm gonna give you this. This is an extremely likable song. That's why. It's yeah. filled with cowbell. It's mm -hmm. great. It's a great clunk rock song. I hear a little La Bamba in there. Everybody likes La Bamba. Of course. Uh, I like that there is a, a lovely diversity of musical styles on There's this cowbell your countdown. But is this really and truly better than Hair of the Fucking Dog? I better. Think, uh, better than Hair of the Dog. I wouldn't say better as far as rocking, but it's got a little more cowbell than Hair of the Dog. I don't know if it does, but hey, listen. I think it celebrates the cowbell a little more than Hair of yeah. the Dog. But listen, if you wanted to make Hair of the Dog a better song than this song, you should have invented Clunk Rock. Dave invented Clunk Rock. He gets to put any song he wants at number three. I'm just, I'm just saying, Hair of the Dog is, is hard to fucking beat. Yeah, I could, I could put Mariah Carey at number one if I want. Every time a cowbell rocks, an angel gets its wings. All I know is that throughout this, I was dancing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, dancing with your fingers out, like pointing your fingers, I was shaking them, and that's how you dance to this. I wasn't dancing the hair of the dog. No, because you're rocking too hard. I was too busy getting blown away that those guys were Scottish. Yeah. Does soul limbo refer to some sort of morality contest, like how low can you go to in fucking people over before it starts to you start to hurt in your soul? Moving on. on. Got in. caught talking over the bumpers. Yeah. Meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do we have here, Dave? Oh god, this is Little Willie by the Sweet. God damn, do I love the Sweet. The Sweet. It's a great song, Dave. There's a lot of great songs in this list. Uh, you have a lovely taste in music. 
But if you ask me, this is garbage clunk rock. Is, they don't have the balls to let the cowbell be prominent in the mix on its own. They have a clap track going along with it. Like, this is almost like saying, oh, that Jimmy Buffett song has guitar in it. He should open for the Ramones. You're not. All right, all right. I appreciate you trying to push my very specific taste buttons, but this song is so damn awesome, and it absolutely has cowbell throughout. I, I hate that it's low in the mix, but it's there. And I've taken the liberty of bringing my own cowbell into the studio. You can hear it right now. Yeah. It's a it's loosey goosey ring dingy. It's not it's not timekeeping. It's they have the drumstick inside and they're just going. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you wait towards the end, they're gonna turn on the fucking jets. You're gonna hear like like that, and it's gonna be awesome. Oh, well, how come you were playing that throughout? Yeah, eh, I don't know. I, why didn't I, you I, hand it to me? I thought I people to play get, along during Night Train. I thought people get really sick of just yeah, you might. in the mic the entire time. You could have held it down, like down here. Or I could have taped it and played with a a, a timpani mallet. Oh, the thing I love about you could have brought song. in a woodblock. Oh. The thing I love about this song is how much these guys love saying Willie. It's like, you yeah. can't help saying Willie. Maybe the most fun word to sing, like any illy word. Silly Willie, Billy, Nilly, Gilly, Willie, Willie. There it is. I think this song is the most fun song about having a micro penis. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to it. Yeah. Dave, I've been pumping my fist the entire time you've been playing that cowbell because it's it just happens. It's irresistible. It you hold one of these things up in the concert, oh man, everyone's just fucking waiting to rock. People's bodies cannot physically resist the power of the cowbell right. to make them move. I just don't think these guys respect cowbell enough. I think Little Willie Wait. is their cowbell player, and they're like, Willie, go home. They, they just don't respect the cowbell as All right, much give as they it, Give it to the I end I think here. it's about they're... to go crazy. Oh my god, I haven't listened to this song through the end of it yet. I'm sorry that I doubt it. Listen. No, easy. So the guitar is kind of trying to keep up with the cowbell. The, cow the guitar can't keep up with the cowbell. No. This is amazing. You could not, you could not oh get god. a bigger cowbell explosion in, in, in this song if you shove some Acme brand dynamite up a cow's ass. Steve, you're Jesus. a sick fuck. <laughs> Boom! You're a sick fuck. Dave, I'm sorry. I'm super sorry. It's so good. So the cow exploded. <laughs> sick fuck. Yeah. Cuckoo. It's the cuckoo clock for the TikTok sound they're making. This is my number one pick. This is Time Has Come Today, Chamber Brothers cover by the Ramones. Chambers Brothers cover, Ramones, goddamn right I'm putting it at number one. Like the song Grazing in the Grass, the cowbell here isn't just used as a rhythm keeper, it's used as a sound effect. Yeah, and cowbells. There's two of them There's there. definitely two. They're two distinct sounds. Yeah, you can see them in the video. It's like a cowbell conversation between the two. The cowbell is also a character in this song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Th I mean, either this, the Ramones version, or the original Chamber Brothers version could be the number one song in this countdown. Absolutely. Yeah, there's plenty work. of cowbell all over the original version. And the Ramones did a great job keeping true to that. Guys, are we speaking about the radio version? Or what we would refer to as the long song silver version that's 11 minutes long. 
Uh, either one. I mean, the long song yeah, silver have version. You guys, have you heard is, the 11 oh, yeah, minute version it is. one? Top to bottom, front to back, packed with cowbell. Is it a uh, carpal tunnel inducing amount of, car- of oh cowbell? Oh my god, it's the most epic cowbell song ever made. It's six minutes of a psychedelic cowbell freakout in the middle of it. Of just Psychedelic cowbell freakout, you yes. say, Hunter? Yes. Listen to the song. It makes perfect sense. Boy, I wish we were listening to it right now. Is it the Ramones version or the Chamber Brothers version? It's the, the original Chamber Brothers. Brothers version. The album, one before album the radio, the, the radio station told them they had to cut it down. <laughs> Both songs have a great line that I love. And my soul's been psychedelicized. I love yeah. that line. It's so fun. You listen to the original? That makes sense. Well, the Chambers Brothers song, the original, was widely considered to be one of the like landmark uh, psychedelic rock songs of the era, at least according to my research of the first paragraph of the song's Wikipedia page. And it was going to be my number one selection, but hey, the Ramones. A good point. I, I, I can't justify putting the Ramones ahead of, of Nazareth on a cowbell countdown. This, yeah, is, this is a real homer pick, Dave. This is what we sports fans call a homer pick. Listen, I think it gets a lot of points for the, the clock sound effect with cowbells. I think that sure, gets sure. A lot I'd have of put points. the Chambers brothers ahead because they have, as Hunter said, a psychedelic cowbell freakout, and there aren't many songs that can say that. I'm just saying. Well, maybe if we I'm do the same Ramones, maybe on, if we, maybe if we do the <laughs> Long Song Silvers. Yeah, and and Steve, if you get a uh, six foot uh, Ramones poster framed in your kitchen, uh, maybe you'd feel differently. When you Dave, get that Nazareth poster in your kitchen, uh, you can put them at number one. Boom! That's an inside statement. Dave has that poster in his kitchen. Uh, I know you podcast listeners don't know that. I don't know why he said that without explaining the whole story. He wanted to say that he, he had a six-foot Ramones poster yeah. in his kitchen. Yeah. 1977's Rocket to Russia. That's great. It's kind of the rock fans Humvee. Like the you have a big Humvee. Oh, look at how big my poster! Six feet, huh? That's a pretty big poster. Yeah. I'm just letting you know, all the wall space in my kitchen is dominated by a poster of the Ramones, uh. and very little of your pants space is dominated by your penis. Well, my pants are pretty baggy. Yes, okay, anyway, what pull did, them up. What didn't Punk. make? What didn't make the list, guys? Steve, do you have an opinion? Yes, I have. I would like to uh, <laughs> nominate for for a classic cowbell as herald track. I would like to nominate Def Leppard's "Rock of Ages." Yes, that's a yeah, very good. That's song. got a lot of them. I, besides the 11 minute Chambers Brothers version, I want to say, "Don't stop to get enough" by MJ, because he's talking about cowbell. <laughs> Don't stop hitting cowbell. To- Get Is there cowbell in that song? Oh, yeah. There's also, it competes a little bit with, I believe, like a glass box. It, there's a great version of a demo version where little Janet plays like a Coke bottle. It's kind of oh, competing sure. with yeah, that, yeah. but it has both. Huh. Um, I would have picked the Chamber Brothers again. New Time, New Day. It's the sequel to Time Has Come Today, mm-hmm. and it features the same cowbell as a ticking clock gag. Um, it's... Uh, that's the such a movie mixed, sequel title. Yeah, the cowbells mix louder than the vocals, and it never stops. It's wonderful. Well, guys, uh, I, I don't think we elevated above the Saturday Night Live sketch today. No. But we did play a lot of cool songs. Yeah, we did. And I'll think- tell you, this playlist is good. And I, I and, and I also I want to give Dave a lot of credit for the woodblock theory, and I hope that, you know, 
you, you're waking up a lot of sheeple here today, <laughs> and I hope I hope that the CIA doesn't take over your uh, car's onboard computer and uses it to drive you into a, a wall or something because you're lifting you're lifting yeah. the scales from bring, a lot of people's bring eyes. it, fuck Steve, bring it because then I would die for a cause, Dave. It's Lorne Michaels. <laughs> what did you do to my sketch, Dave? Hey, hey shut up, Lorne. Just uh, put your name on our... Make yourself executive producer of our podcast and go away. Join us next time. Episode 15. That's a five. And here at Beyond Yacht Rock, the episodes on the fives are wild cards. Wild, wild cards! cards! <laughs> Last time, we had the Hale and Hagar battle. This time, we're going to count down one of the greatest songs ever recorded. That's right, folks. A ten-song countdown. All the same song. We're not going to tell you what it is, though. Subscribe to us on iTunes to find out. So you'll find this week's Clunk Rock playlist by following J.D. Riznar on Spotify. Send questions via Twitter to at Yacht Rock. Follow J.D. at J.D. Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes. Go to YachtRock.com for what will hopefully be one day a very useful experience. Yeah, very mm. nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe uh, one day. Yeah. We're still saying that, huh? Yeah. Thanks to Noah and Michael for our, our bumper game. I'm going to play the bumpers after we're done yapping again so you yeah. don't have to listen to the whole episode to review them for the contest. Remember, uh, send your guesses yeah, to we'll, we'll put them online as well. Rock at gmail.com. Also, thanks to Matt Lee and Rob Crow for additional bumpers. Uh, thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for allowing us to record in the nude today. Mm, it was yeah. very freeing. Uh, who knew that Hollywood Steve was swinging that much pipe? Right. You guys misunderstand <laughs> my quiet confidence. <laughs> Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. They cost a million dollars each. So save your pennies. Okay, so listen up, folks. Get your pen and paper. Get your fucking pen and paper. Because we are about to play the songs again, the countdown bumpers again. You figure out the songs the numbers are from. You get to talk to us on the telephone. And what a prize. <laughs> BeyondYachtRock at gmail.com. Okay, ready? Good night, everyone. Good night. That cow blowed up real good. <laughs> Feral audio.